is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. Hey there, profiteers. Welcome back to episode number 110. As always, I am your host, Eric Rosenberg, and today we welcome back Whitney Hansen for her second of four episodes. She's hanging out with us this month talking all about money, and today we were talking about a topic just for you entrepreneurs or side hustlers, anyone who wants to earn more outside of their primary day job. The topic is five first steps for new entrepreneurs. And you know, I'm not going to go over them all right now. We'll talk about them in the episode in just a few moments. Uh, we also, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about this new format. You know, this is number two, as I said, of four episodes with Whitney this month. And um, then we'll have a regular old guest interview at the end of this month. And then we're going to welcome another guest, just like Whitney, for four episodes in a row. I'm super excited to tell you who that is, but I'm not going to tell you just yet. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss those future episodes. So right now we're going to dive in, no ads or anything like that, just me and Whitney talking to you about how to start your business in just a few moments right here on the Personal Profitability Podcast. All right, Profiteers, I am back once again with Whitney Hansen. Whitney, are you ready to get profitable? I am so ready to get profitable. I love getting profitable. It's like Me my, too. It's like my favorite activity. <laughs> it's a good activity. It really is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's better than getting profitable? I mean, taking a nap's pretty nice, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's true. I had a nap <laughs> on Father's Day a few weeks ago. That was pretty sweet. Oh, good. Yeah, good. Yeah. I did not. That was my Father's Day present. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so today we are here to talk about the five steps for new entrepreneurs. And we've had you know, a ton of entrepreneur interviews on this show in the past. But, you know, it's important to remember where we all started. And Whitney, you just quit your job this year to go full time. High five. Yeah. <laughs> and, that was a good uh, high five. Yeah. Yeah. I've been practicing my microphone high fives. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> um, but so, you know, it's important to remember that you and I, who I quit my job two years ago, and even people like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg and Warren Buffett all started with the first dollar. So today we're going to get back to basics and talk about how to start a new entrepreneurial endeavor. You ready to dive in, Whitney? Yeah, I'm excited about this. All right. So number one, validate your idea. That's something we should do uh, pretty much before anything else. Once we have an idea, before you put any real money into it, we should validate. Um, What are your thoughts on how to validate an idea, Whitney? Oh, I love this. I, I'm a big fan of validation. So I think the best way to do it is I follow the lean startup methodology, which is essentially talking to people before you build anything. So let's say it's an app. You've got a really great idea for a brand new app. So instead of just putting thousands of dollars into creating this app and all of your time, instead, what if you went and talked to 100 people to start to see like, what are their pain points? What are the, what's a day in the life look like for them? If it's a budgeting app, what is it that makes your app a little bit different? Where are they struggling with current budgeting software? So I think if you, if you get to that nitty gritty level first, the cool thing about that is once you start to see some trends coming up and after a hundred people, you're going to find some serious trends. You'll, you'll probably find them within like 20 people, but those also become your first customers. So I think it's a, it becomes a call list too, if you do this correctly, but I'm a big fan of do the work, talk to people first, put yourself out there, and then build your thing. 
Yeah, that is, I totally agree. And, um, in the in the book, the one hundred dollars startup by Chris Gillibo, um, which I've reviewed on my uh, personal profitability bookshelf. You can check that out at personalprofitability.com slash bookshelf. Um, one thing that he talks about are essentially just three things you really need to have a business work. You need to have a product or service, someone to buy that product or service, and a way to deliver it. So if you can check off all three of those boxes, you've essentially validated. Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, you know, reinventing the wheel here. And if you want more on just validation, um, there's a great book called Will It Fly by Pat Flynn. I have not reviewed that one yet. I should. I have it. You should. It's a great book. Yeah. So um, check that one out for a full lesson on validation. Um, but next, let's say you validated, you, you're ready, you know you have customers um, ready to purchase whatever your new thing is. Um, step two. Do, do you want to share my, my step two here, Whitney? Yes, this is a biggie, and it's so confusing for a lot of people, but that is to register a website. Eric, what are your thoughts on this? You have to register a website. If you do not have a website, your business might as well not exist. Like mm -hmm. That's pretty much, you know, it's, it's 2018. Before you know it, I mean, well, let's think, when was the last time you looked in the white pages or the yellow pages to find information on a business? And Never. when was the last time you looked on your phone? Okay, so for phones, I I do use, but that's through Google search, you know, just yeah. like everybody else. No phone books at all. Yeah, so you have to have a website because that's where people are going to look first. And mm -hmm. I have not ordered from Chinese restaurants that didn't have websites with menus. No way. They lost sales because like the competing Chinese restaurant had a website. This counts for every business. And I imagine yeah. if I've done it, I'm not the only one. So you just need sure. a website. There's there's no argument or question there. Um, whatever you're going to do, if you are starting a business, just build in $60 a year for having a website. That's about what it would cost on the low end. Mm -hmm. um, and it's can... not hard either. No, no, it's not. And check out, um, we'll have in the show notes, I'll have a link to my how to start a website in five minutes guide where I have a video that if you follow along exactly with the video, you'll have a website up in like, Four minutes and 57 seconds, something like that. What? That's amazing. Yeah. And there's some fluff time because I'm talking in there. So, sure. <laughs> um, so you, if you really know what you're doing, you could probably do it in like two minutes. Yeah, it is pretty <laughs> quick. And where do you go for your websites? Do you have a preference? Yeah, I um, I have most of my domains these days uh, split between Google domains and GoDaddy. Um, okay. I've been a GoDaddy guy for a long time. I know some people are haters, but it works fine. I like it as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, Google domains is just easy and awesome. And it's Google. The thing I love about that is you get their DNS, which is getting a little too geeky for, for this show. But that is um, a little geeky, if you care yeah. a lot about your DNS, Google domains. Um, and for my hosting, I love SiteGround. They're my number one right now. I have an account there. I tell people, everyone to go there. I'm actually an affiliate. Uh, personalprofitability.com slash SiteGround. I've used a ton of hosts. I used to be a website developer when I quit my job. And mm -hmm. there are several uh, hosts out there that's names, let's say, start with a B that are very difficult to use and their service is terrible. So um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of SiteGround. I like it. Yeah. So now you have validated your idea. You have a website. Next step on the list is... Drum roll, please. Did you hear my drum roll? Was that good? Yeah, that was great. I did mine too. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's business admin stuff. 
I just lumped all these together into one line. Wah, wah. Yeah, I know. Because admin stuff doesn't sound fun unless no. you are a nerdy lawyer or accountant or finance guy like <laughs> maybe me or Whitney. Um, it's true. <laughs> most people don't like this stuff, but you just got to do it. Um, so mm -hmm. there's a few things in here. First is registering your business with your state. Um, most popular way to do it for most startup businesses is probably as an LLC. Also consider an S-Corp if you think this is going to become a full-time thing rather than a side gig. Um, you know, my, I generally register my businesses uh, you know, where I live <laughs> because that's what you should do by law. Uh, so my main business is in California. Um, but you know, there, there's some questions around there. You, you might be able to register in another state sometimes if it makes sense, but usually it doesn't. Um, then wow. you'll need an EIN or employee ID number. Don't pay anyone for this. You can do it free online. There's a form at the IRS website. Um, then you need a bank account for your business separate from your personal stuff and some kind of bookkeeping or accounting. And, and lucky we have Whitney here who has an accounting degree. She, yeah. I mean, you are money nerd extreme. So could you tell us a few things on why you would want to have a separate business bank account and how to handle uh -huh. your accounting and bookkeeping for a new startup? Of course. Yeah. So it's so important that you keep your business finances separate from your personal. And the reason why a lot of people are like, that doesn't make any sense. I can't I just combine it all. And technically, no, you cannot. <laughs> because here's why. When you go and you get your EIN, or if you are Eric Rosenberg LLC, so maybe that's the name of your business, and you have people send you checks directly to Eric Rosenberg LLC, if you go to the bank and you try to put that into your personal accounts, they will not let you. It has to be a business account, and for good reason. So when you go to file your taxes at the end of the year, I'm assuming we're not overly geeky here, and we're all <laughs> hiring a CPA, which I highly recommend for your taxes. Well, I do my own business. taxes myself. Eric, you're your next level nerd, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, however you choose to do with, your taxes. With love, I say this. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so when you go to take your taxes in, it just makes life so much easier because then you can just print off statements. And ideally, you're using QuickBooks or some type of bookkeeping software where it just makes everything more streamlined and more streamlined from an accountant standpoint means it's going to be a little bit cheaper. It's not going to be as expensive because they don't have to do quite as much work. So that's the thing too, that I always recommend is know your skills and know your strengths. But if you don't combine everything, you save yourself so much of a headache. And then not to mention that a lot of times people will try to do things that are maybe not quite as good when it comes to their finances with business, where they try to borrow from their personal, borrow from their business, and it just starts to get to be a really ugly mesh. And that ugly mesh, if you're ever audited, is a pain in the butt. So totally. just steer clear of that and get a bookkeeping software. I personally use QuickBooks. Eric, what do you use? I use QuickBooks too. I have to say, not without some gripes, but it's the best one mm -hmm. out there. That's kind of like, that's really how I feel is. about it. It's like, I don't love it, but it's still the best. It is pretty good. And I've played around with Zero. It's another software. And honestly, it was fine. So just find something that works for you. And if you're not good at this stuff and you find yourself struggling consistently to like actually do your reconciliation where you're making all of your transactions mesh up with your bookkeeping software, then maybe bring in a professional and hire somebody. It's a lot cheaper than you would think. Yeah. And it's so important. You can't not have good books. That's just you have to have good books. I mean, essentially, if you start a business, you have to do books like by law. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's something absolutely. you're signing up for. So while the admin stuff um, is way less exciting than 
whatever your business does, um, unless your business is accounting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you just got to do it and, and try to enjoy it and learn what you can from it. And also, you know, something I love about embracing doing the bookkeeping myself is it makes me intimately familiar with my business, which if it's Correct. your business, you should know the ins and outs better than anyone else. You shouldn't be like, oh, well, you know, I do the selling and I just pay someone to deal with the money. No, you need to know the money stuff too. It's That's no question about that. That's part of running a business. Absolutely, absolutely. So our last step here, this is the one I'm most excited about, is getting <laughs> to the first dollar as quickly as possible. I mean, it's kind of come, yeah, woohoo, let's have a little party. Do, 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 do. It is a party. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> so, I mean, this kind of goes back to validating your idea. Um, you don't want to keep dumping money in and investing in your business if it's not making money or unable to make money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all your friends, of course, are going to tell you that they would buy from you <laughs> when you ask, but it's time to put their money where their mouth is. Um, so, you got to right. generate customers. And, and getting to that first dollar is so important. I mean, there's a mental thing with like, wow, I've made a dollar, like I'm here. And then there's also the like, I'm running my business thing of it's good to make money. Yes, I agree. So maybe maybe we should share how we each made our first dollar. Would that be helpful for people to kind of see how we're doing this? It's like we have this interstate telepathy going on right now. I was working on it. I've been practicing. I've been thinking. I was just thinking the exact same thought. You took the words right out of my mouth. Amazing. <laughs> what was your <laughs> very first entrepreneurial dollar you made? Um, my very first. Um, I can share my very first dollar and then my very first quote unquote big dollar. Cool. Um, the Let's do first it. dollar was teaching. It was a one-on-one coaching. Actually, I was sitting in a Starbucks and somebody paid me fifty bucks, and I thought that was so too much money. <laughs> but so cool, right? It paid for your coffee and then some. Oh, it was amazing. That's kind of when I was like, people will pay. This is cool. And then my first big dollar was when I was validating my business ideas, which was a course. It was an online course. So I was trying to see if people actually cared about this before I spent a good month into creating it. And so what I did is I taught a webinar. So I put together like a 45-minute presentation, and then the last 15 minutes, I sold the idea of this course. And when I did that, it was $600 worth of pre-sales, and I got busy and made my course. So it was really good validation, too. That is so cool. And it's also super cool to get paid for work you haven't done yet, especially in self-employment and freelancing, because that's the only guarantee you'll really get paid. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) And it's scary to ask for that first dollar, too. I know I was terrified, but I don't know. What about you? So my first entrepreneurial dollar, but I've had a few different ones. Um, There's a few different start points we could call. So in high school... I built a pro wrestling fan website because everyone needed to know how awesome The Rock was and Stone Cold Steve Austin and other people. We all know now. Yep, you all know. Um, So I made a website and I put Yahoo ads. And every time someone clicked, I got a nickel. And I made five bucks from those. That was pretty sweet. Oh, that's cool. In high school to make $5 on the internet. That's so Uh, cool. Another business I started high school, college time frame, maybe freshman year in college. Um, remember those What Would Jesus Do bracelets? Yes. I sold I Never Eat Yellow Snow bracelets, N-E-Y-S. No way. And I didn't take it as far as I should have, and I, I about broke even on it. Um, and That's I still amazing. Have, <laughs> I still have like 100 of them. 
That is the coolest thing ever. Do you give those away for Christmas gifts? I've thought about giving them away here on the blog. Actually, one time I emailed the email list. I'm like, I'll give everyone a free one. Uh, you just have to write back to this email and tell me. I don't remember what I was asking for. <laughs> Did anybody write back? No one wrote back. No one wanted one. <laughs> no one even wanted. I couldn't even give them away to you guys. <laughs> oh, man. You've got my address. I have a feeling I know what I'm getting for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then, um, but you know, flash forward to my business I have now. Um, I think I, mean, I, I had a few click ads from Google, but the first like direct ad I made from my blog was I think ten dollars, um, which I would never do this today. But it was ten dollars for a sponsored post at uh, narrowbridgeadventures.blogspot.com, oh, the original version of personal profitability. Yeah. And um, I remember being so excited. I was like, "Wow, I can go get a beer with how much money I made on the internet today." It is kind of cool, like, and that, it, it's that was almost so fun. Yeah, it's like a weird feeling when you first get that first dollar. It's so exciting, but then you feel like, is that enough? Like immediately you go into self-doubt of like, oh, that's awesome, but I don't know if it's enough money. And So be aware of that too. I don't know if you went through that, but I definitely go through so much self-doubt. And so even making my first dollar, I was so stoked, but I was still feeling a little bit of like, oh man, it's not enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my uh, mastermind often tells me that I undercharge and undervalue my time. So... Remember yes. what you're worth. You're worth more yes. than you think. Absolutely. I think that's very good advice. Yeah. Well, that is all we have for today. What an awesome discussion. So, so fun. Yeah. So entrepreneurs out there, if you have any entrepreneur startup questions, um, you can contact Whitney, head to the Money Nerds uh, website. You can also check out her podcast, which is awesome. Uh, we linked to the episode, I Was a Guest last week in the show notes. Um, so if you missed that one, make sure to check that out. She's here with us all month this month. So check out The Money Nerds. Ask her her startup questions. The quickest way to hit your startup questions to to me is uh, <laughs> Eric Profits on Twitter. Um, yeah, that's all I got for this one. I like it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everyone, for sticking around till the end. And until next time, stay Bye -bye. profitable. Well, that was a really fun one, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so glad Whitney was able to join us this month. We have two more episodes with Whitney coming up the next two weeks. Then, as I mentioned at the beginning of this show, we'll have a regular interview before welcoming our next month-long guest to the podcast. I'm really excited and really enjoying this new format. It's a lot of fun. I hope you learned a ton and had fun learning because that's what it's all about. And we will talk to you next time. As always, thanks for listening until the end. And until next time, stay profitable.